Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. All right. Good day, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another Live the Fuel show. And uh, I'm excited tonight because I don't always timestamp these episodes, but I, this is my first recording having gotten back from getting married. And uh, I'm excited because my fellow co-host today is actually from the East Coast, only about an hour and a half away from me. Uh, but let me give you a little more details on him, and then we're going to bring him on here. So he is the uh, founder of, if you look at this and I look at this, I go right for attacks. And uh, he started his company with the goal of doing things right. Uh, he'd spent years in, in digital advertising world uh, where work and personal life blended to one. And... Work hard, play hard together means never leaving the office and having co- and having colleagues for drink buddies. Been there, done that myself. Uh, and then he found himself wondering if, uh, you know, a company with a different kind of work culture could succeed. And environmental free from stressful deadlines, late nights, weekends, and the myriad of other reasons why great people quit their jobs. Been there, done that. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to get into some more about this gentleman, as well as a real powerful thing I want to share here. We're going to be chatting about cancer as well. I think this is something powerful to bring up about this gentleman's backstory. Uh, without further ado, a proud father from Brooklyn, New York, Dennis Plusinik. Welcome to the show. Scott, thanks for having me. Yeah, man. So uh, how is New York tonight, by the way? It's nice. It's warm. I think it's about 50 degrees outside. So yeah. spring is here. By the way. Since I kind of hinted at it as I was introducing you, uh, have you ever been to Canada? Yeah, I went to school in Buffalo for far too long, maybe about okay. eight years. Over there, so. Have you ever been to the western side? No. That's where I just got back from. So I was out in uh, the Alberta province and British Columbia for our little skiing adventures for our, our wedding. So um, I, I, was, I, forgot, I forgot to train up before I left and realized uh, I mean, everybody's like talking about in Celsius and meters. Uh, and I'm like, oh, man. Okay, what's the math again? Is it three point three feet or meet whatever? And then there's like, okay, Celsius versus Fahrenheit, right? So you did the whole thirty-two. Uh, I don't know. If you ever, do you remember any of that from school when you went over the border? No, that's why we have Google Assistant and Siri and Alexa and all that stuff. No, I don't have to do anything. <laughs> you know what? That was a great idea. I did not do that at all. I actually left my phone on airplane mode as much as possible because I really needed to unplug. And that's why I, I, I couldn't wait to bring this up because it just uh, when I got back last night, I was reading over your bio and getting refreshed because I've been unplugged for two weeks and barely did anything on social media. I think I only threw out one podcast, which I've never done in two and a half years. But I said, you know what? It, this, is, this is a big couple of weeks. I need to unplug. I need some life balance. What are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. Anytime you can get away this, from the screen, I mean, you know, read an actual book. Walk away from the the internet just for a minute. Oh, well, let's touch on that. Do you have a current physical book that you're touching on lately? I feel like I'm reading a little bit of a mini books. I'm reading a book on uh, paleo diet. Uh, I'm reading a book by uh, Rick Webb about how to start an agency. It's called Agency. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to take note of that. I'm rereading How to Win Friends and Influence People every other day. Not literally, but, you know, it's a regular read. So I got an audio version of that. Probably two or three times a year. So I, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. I it's think he sold it. Well, I think he says this book you want to read over and over again. And just because he said that I do it. And I go, I think he expected me to do it, but I hear that from everybody. Well, I think that's a great point to pause on, right? Is, you know, we're constantly learning things day in and day out. As you hinted earlier, you know, you could be 
just asking Siri questions <laughs> or your yeah. Am yeah. Amazon computer speaker thingy or whatever, which by the way, I haven't bought any of those things yet. And, <laughs> yeah. but the, uh, I think the point there is that uh, things connect and mean something differently to us a year later, two years later, three years later. Uh, have you noticed that when you've gone back and reconsumed that book? That one? No, that's a classic. Um, you know, always remember people's names, be sincere, compliment sincere. Like those are just, those are just founding principles. Okay. You know, I find it, I find it hard to do that. Um, and so I'm always striving to become better and more empathetic. It's really hard to get outside your ego. And that kind of, that book is like a cornerstone for, you know, for that movement. It's a reminder that you, there's always little, little ways to go. Uh, well, so let's touch even deeper on that. So I was, does that, is that a big influence in you creating your brand, right? So a, uh, for the listeners, I, I obviously kind of joked around with it, but it's like, it's very unique spelling, right? A-T-T, double T's and Tom, A-T-T-C's and Charlie, K, A-T-T-C-K.com. Ladies and gentlemen, by the way, is how you check them out. A lot of web design, a lot of cool brands uh, you guys are working with. So, like, let's dive right in, man. Like, wh how did you come up with that besides the fact that somebody else already controls A-T-T-A-C-K.com? <laughs> yeah, so, well, uh, I don't know if I thought about that before we did it. <laughs> and actually, uh, in, in hindsight, it's not a great term for search engine optimization don't search attack new york you're not going to find us you're going to find a whole bunch of other awful stuff yeah wow <laughs> i just realized as you said it it's like oh crap yeah. you thought about like making bags and things and saying like attack new york attack, and then like we'll get another office somewhere else and then we just can't do it we can't well, get it what if what if i mean unfortunately because <laughs> i've been there done that and i know a lot of people involved what you're hinting at um what if you could figure that out and you could find a way to finally create a positive spin on that exact statement i mean well you know you so powerful. Think, about it, think about it as a filter like you have to find it you have to know about us you can't just go google search for some some web design because if you search for web design you're going to find everybody and i don't want to be i don't want to be in that group because okay. people calling in asking us for the crazy stuff we have a really finely curated list of people who know us and who can refer to us and follow us directly so much easier that way. So what is up with FinTech and all these other brands? Like what, by the way, United Nations, really? Yeah, that one just, uh, that oh. one kind of came to us from uh, a referral from another client that we could work with. I mean, that's pretty awesome. And, and actually real quick, ladies and gentlemen, I gotta, cause I gotta be afraid of our YouTube fans. I'm not kidding you. Like if you go to attck.com and you scroll down here, you got the featured work and you got right there, United Nations, boom. Rock and roll. Calvin Klein. Yeah, right? These are great brands. Super proud of these brands. Yeah. yeah. Paley. Is that a, that's a, that's a restaurant, isn't it? It's a restaurant in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, really, really cool stuff. So, so yeah, back to our point though, like ATTCK, man, how'd you, how'd you, obviously besides the fact that I joked around about a spelling not being available, well, how'd you get there? We, sometimes we say we're saving up for the other bottle, but <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> we're actually really nice. No, but, um, the name came from a conversation I had with a, an old friend of mine. We were consultants for years together and we were at, we were at huge, actually, we were there working on, um, targets website and we were contractors for a year and a half okay. and full-time people referred to us as attack dogs. And they said, you guys just come in, you clean up, then you get out. And I kind of always identified with that, that we don't. I mean, we, we can't as, as a client service company, but we um, don't 
get involved in office politics. It's no ladder climbing. There's just do the job, be sharp about it. You know, don't waste time. Nobody wants to do work that they don't need to do. So we're just really concise and focused. And, you know, Attack Dogs is, is interestingly man masculine, but half our company is women. So it's interesting. I mean, well, they're also total female badasses. and male dogs, right? They're, they're, yeah. Well, and they're, they're badasses. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, actually, since you're saying that, I, I shouldn't have turned the screen sharing off because I brought up your team. Uh, so, and ladies and gentlemen, I mean, again, attck.com, but I mean, there you go, man. It, you know, you guys got a good team going here and you're right. It's like almost like 50, 50, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we've got a couple more since then. We actually, so got a new site that we're launching in the next month. Uh, we've got a bunch of new services. New, Will new that area. completely replace this site? Uh, it totally will replace the site. It'll become like five times uh, larger. It's a, a lot more content, more case studies. Um, our team's bigger. Wow. Uh, and we took uh, much better photos too. This this particular grid's real fun. If you mouse over any of the people, um, yeah. everyone else looks around at that person. I do love that, by the way. I don't know who thought of that. <laughs> so <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm doing that right now, ladies and gentlemen. It's like, as soon as you put them on one person, like everybody else is either looking down because oh, what is this old TV show? What was the old TV show Brady set up? Bunch. The Brady Bunch. Yes, you had the yeah, Brady Bunch thing. Call, we call it a Brady Bunch JS. That's the component that we <laughs> built this with. I love it. Um, this I <laughs> thought of this idea, and it's simple, but the idea behind this was uh, from a, if you watch like a, a TV show with two co-hosts and one person is talking, the other person generally will look over at that person, and it directs the audience's attention to that person. Okay. So. We wanted to show that, uh, oh, first of all, if you refresh, I'm not at the top of every page. It's a very um, sort of flat organizational structure. So it's meant to say a couple of things that everybody here supports each other and we're equal. But also when you're focused on one person, the whole company is focused on that one person. Okay. So it's, a, it's a little deep. That literally was the, the theory before we built this. Oh, and yeah. every, all of a sudden you're gone. Loved, there we go. Everyone loves taking the photos. It's just super fun. Yeah. I love it. It's very creative. I've yet to see this. So I think this adds to what you guys are doing, right? Like what you guys want to do and stand out, do things differently. I think so. We have a little bit of a character. Yeah. So do all of your team, because like some of your bio, right? So does all your team understand where you, I get you dude. Like, I mean, I know we are just meeting, but like, again, I've been in the corporate space. So do they all, have they all been there? Have they all, I don't want to use, I don't want to use the word suffered. But I'll just say, learn, <laughs> learned. Um, we have we have all suffered in one way or the other from, yeah. from, from those environments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, that's another good good point. Um, a lot of the people on our team I've worked with personally. Uh, my producer Gary, I've worked with him for almost ten years, um, and everybody else has has been through the agency world, either through Huge at one point or uh, Dentsu, our art directors from Dentsu in Japan, actually. Okay. Uh, you know, and a variety of other consulting companies, IBM, uh, Sapien, Razorfish. So are, is your, my, I mean, I'm, I'm geeking out right now because I love the whole concept here, but is, so is everybody like, an, like is it like an employee-owned company or is everybody like contractors? Like how's you guys' relationship? Uh, so it's, I own the company and we have a variety of uh, full-time W-2 employees and some 1099 employees. Cool. Um, okay. So you, are, you have a balance of both. So Yeah. Yeah. I think we have seven W-2 employees and several other 1099 employees and we have a variety of contractors we have a, a big network of people who uh, sometimes a company will call us and say hey i need a, a rock star dev for 
this one contract and we'll go out and find them um, because they know they, they like to work with us. They like our. And then you got clients. some like regular retained ones that you just trust and you're like working with and you don't need yeah, to make them yeah. We don't work with anyone who's not proven. Hmm. Um, so we're, you know, so we're small, it's hard to scale. You can't, you can't make this a hundred person company just because you have, you have to be very tight and everyone's got 15 years of experience. That's also impossible to find. Yeah, that actually is impressive. Wow. So your average of 15 years per person. I'm over 20 now. Um, Gary's been in this business for, for decades. Uh, you know, Sarah, uh, one of our developers, uh, was in an entirely different field and switched into development. She's also a graphic designer, um, and just incredibly multi-talented. Um, it, yeah, everyone is, everyone is very experienced and, uh, I think we're fortunate that way, but it's kind of by, by necessity. We used to have people who were very junior and we thought we could train them and, you know, did like show them the way, you know, and that didn't end up being the case. People make mistakes. They need more oversight than we were able to afford. And ultimately once they became elevated, they left and went to another job. And, you know, and I did the same thing when I was younger. I, I can't blame them for that, but it wasn't the model that really worked out for us. So we have a real tight group of people who are self-managed and, uh, and we can trust that they're all experts in their field. So everyone in our team inspires me. That's like the, um, you know, the main requirement is you've got to do something that's incredible. I've got to go to them for advice. I can't be the smartest person in the room, but I never am. Yeah, I, I like that because a lot of what you're describing right now uh, makes me think of oh, what's the TV show. I'm not a big TV guy, but uh, we don't we don't have cable. We, I think it's like a Hulu or whatever we're doing. <laughs> um, yeah. Just to kind of like take a break sometimes. But uh, my fiance, like, sorry, wife now. Uh, I've been saying that for a while. Uh, still got to get used to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So my wife says uh, uh, she loves the the prophet. I haven't I haven't watched that. Yeah, if you know you know what I'm talking about though that basically investor. So, but his team is uh, he's all about like combining companies and ha even though they're separate companies because he invests in all of them, he has all the influencers from each company kind of working together and they become kind of like his core team even though they all represent different companies. It's very interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. I'll have to watch that for sure. Yeah. And it's I, smart. I, it's otherwise exhausting if you have to do every job yourself. You should be able to trust them to do their jobs. Yeah, I mean, the whole point behind him is he's kind of like, uh, you ever hear, see the, the other popular show, uh, Shark Tank? Yeah, sure. Right. Yeah. So I, I totally, they're obviously different, but I do relate them the same, right? These are successful entrepreneurs and investors who want yeah. to save companies, grow companies, et cetera. And they just want to get rewarded for it and have a piece of the pie. And that's kind of what he does. Prop, so, profits like kitchen nightmares for business, I think, right? You know what? Never thought about it that way. Interesting. Yeah, possibly. I mean, basically, I mean, there was a couple of companies near near where I live here that were saved by him. Like he invested in them. They're not oh, wow. they're not fully saved. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> they still got their <laughs> they still got their works to do because I got buddies mine that works for one of them. And that, I mean, he can't save everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but in the end, like they're looking for cash flow, and they're willing to sacrifice, you know, maybe twenty percent of their of their equity, yep. to to uh, bring on somebody who has his infrastructure. And he's been smart about it because now he can play the companies he's invested in, like your team members. They can be played off of each other. So then as a cohesive effort, now it's like, oh, wait a minute. I have this one logistics strength company. I have this ads company that I saved or worked with. I have this, you know, marketing or sales genius guy who, yeah, he's, he's got his own company, but I'm going to take his brain 
and help you know save this other company with what he knows from a you know branding aspect or whatever merchandising aspect. So it's interesting uh, to yeah. see how people how be smart about it. Right, you, you don't know everything. You got to play to people's strengths. Brilliant. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. But you also, like you said, you don't want to have a hundred of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's you know it's hard, and also, I, the one of the main purposes of this company is. I don't want to say the main purpose, but one of the things that I wanted to do is work with people who I liked. Mm-hmm. I want to be around people who inspire me and who I respect. And, you know, if I die tomorrow, I'd want to say that I enjoyed the whole thing. So I do. I thoroughly enjoy the people that, that work with me. And, um, you know, part of the direction is to, to weed out negative energy and, and build up, you know, everyone's sort of positive energy around their, their career and their, their craft and support them. And everyone supports each other. We have a really great culture. It's surprising. Um, compared to other teams I've worked with where ego and, and you know, disappointment gets really quickly involved in a project it starts going downhill or you slip timelines or something like that. The, the hardest thing to do is to stay positive in a difficult environment. And we do, we do that surprisingly well as a team. Yeah. Well, I mean, so how long has this company been going on now? We are just over four years. Okay. And so, yeah. let's talk about that whole, you kind of just toss in there like if you die tomorrow, you would feel proud of it, right? And then obviously yep. let's go back to the intro, right? Like, Hey, I kind of hinted at this, this cancer story, uh, yeah. your proud father story. So like four years ago, the, the company was built, but obviously a lot of other stuff was going on even before that. Right. Yeah, that's right. So let's uh, dive I'll, in. I'll give you a, give you a quick backstory and maybe we'll slow into it. Uh, I was consulting at, actually I was consulting in huge and, um, uh, my wife was pregnant and I was working throughout the summer just day, like 18 hour days or something, just, you know, I was contracting actually for several companies and, um, just trying to sock away money just to save. I knew I was going to need it. I didn't know how bad I was going to need it, but it was good foresight. Um, and, uh, and I got diagnosed with uh, testicular cancer and my daughter was born on November 2nd, which is the date Sandy hit New York. Um, I had, I think I had one surgery before that date. And then I had uh, 12 weeks of chemo after that. What was that? So 2012, I, right? 2012. Yeah. yeah. So 2012, I was out. I stayed home. Um, did a little work from home, did a little soul searching, a lot of sleeping. Um, came out of that in um, February, clear, but uh, I went through another voluntary surgery, which is an incredibly invasive surgery. And I uh, came out of that uh, March 13th, 2013. So I've always thought weirdly 13 is, is a funny number to be, have my, as my lucky number, but it ended up being March 13, 2013 was the date they gave me the all clear. So, Hey man, that number has been through a lot. You know, if, if, if people like you could turn it into a positive spin, do it. <laughs> it's my lucky number. <laughs> we can't, yeah, so, them. you know, shortly after that, I just uh, realized like life is short. So I started running, um, since run two marathons, started this company, maybe a year later, I kind of had to get back into the swing of things. I contracted a little bit after that, but um, yeah, I basically started laying the groundwork for this company while I was contracting wow. and left my last contract and, and just same day started this work, um, created the brand and then just took off. So the contracting piece, uh, I love tapping on the lifestyle components here, right? So can you thank the lifestyle freedom that contract work can actually give you? Cause a lot of people are afraid of it. Yeah, or absolutely. They're, or they're scared by it. You know, I, I came from the W two world. You know, even though I grew up in an entrepreneurial family, so I'm just intrigued at how you'd connect on some of that. Yeah, I you know I always I'm 
very risk averse. Um, you know, if I'm not sure about something or if I'm not confident I can carry it through, I won't, I won't do it. I don't gamble. Okay. I don't play blackjack or anything else. I didn't gamble with the surgery I had. I didn't, most likely didn't need it. In the end, turns out I didn't need it, but I couldn't gamble. Did it anyways. Um, didn't want to come up 10 years later and say, oh, we actually, uh, we didn't get everything and now you're going to die. Like, I just didn't want to gamble that. So, hmm. uh, you know, so that's, that's my sort of, uh, my MO is I've, I've got to be certain about what I'm doing. Okay. Um, so that, does that apply still to this day in everything absolutely. you're doing today? And, and yeah, how, how, yeah. how do you ensure, because clearly it's important to you, right? So that's what I'm getting, I can hear it. Yeah, so sure. how do you ensure that it, that, that continues to, uh, imply, you know, be applied, I should say? Well, we're all, so we have a really open, um, environment and it allows everybody to critique each other and with the purpose of bettering our experience and our product. So, um, we don't, we don't take big risks. We take calculated risks. We discuss it together. We think about, um, you know, Hey, I noticed that when we said this word to this potential client, it didn't really resonate with them as the way that we thought it would. So we make a hypothesis. We say, well, let's try to rephrase the way that we do this. Refine constantly. So it's not a gamble to say, let's change our pricing model. It's based on information that we're confident about. And if it doesn't work, we're able to track that and go back and maybe make adjustments and, there's so many elements to a business that you can constantly refine. Sure. Um, and it's always based on as much information as, as we have. And oftentimes we don't have much information. So I guess that would be more of a gamble, but that's just business. Yeah. I, I can't tell you how many times I've been in situations where I'm like, I wish I had a, just a little bit more or in other situations, a lot more because sometimes people just can't, I'm sure you can, you could join, join me in celebrating this, this moment, but like apparently not everybody knows what they want. <laughs> <laughs> and and then they expect you to deliver yeah. something so amazing off yeah. of very little. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I've always, I've said for years, I go, you know what? I'm, I'm going to use this project as an investment. I'm going to invest back into the company because <laughs> we end up taking more time to do a better job. We want all the clients to be happy. It's always like, you can't have a successful project if the client doesn't want to work with you again. Mm. So, you, so those situations you do find yourself having obviously to invest a little bit more, right? There's more handholding. There's more. You take less of a margin on your project. That's, you what, I was, that's what I was tying into there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's why cash flow, I think is a big issue with startups is because you never really know when to take those. But in our case, because of the work that we've done, someone calls and says, Hey, uh, United Nations wants to talk to you. And, and they're happy to, you know, they know that we can help them because we've done great work for people before. That's how we got Harvard. Harvard was a referral from someone who had worked at another organization who we did great work for. And that's kind of how companies can grow is, you know, in other organizations, people don't stay there and employ that same company forever. They'll go off and do something else. And when they go to the next company, they say, Hey, I know this great company. We should call them. Well, so. I, that's something I've, I've known for years. Thanks to my father. Um, you know, he, I was, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. I just didn't want to deal with it. <laughs> so no. I just saw the struggle and the frustrations. And as you pointed out, the cash flow shifts over the years. And I brought this up on a couple of random episodes over the, over the years now. And now that now years later, I can look at that and say, well, that just shows fortitude because you can keep pushing through. Uh, but also it shows the opportunity to look at well, how do you improve? How do you make sure this isn't a, as big of a struggle next time? Uh, what did you learn from it? Uh, but the biggest thing that I love about it is that even though I'm, I'm a huge sales and marketing buff professionally, but 
you can't beat the power and, and the free of word of mouth. And so many people seem to skip over that and think that that's not as valuable anymore because of technology. Like, sorry, guys, reputation is a huge part of that. What do you say to that? It's a short, it's just a short game. We're playing a long game. I mean, I spent a lot of time, 20 years, which is a pretty long time. And in this industry, I started in 1996 when I think the internet was invented or when it started really to pop off. I graduated high school in 95, so I'm with you, man. Got right, yeah. into, got right into the startup world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so this is the last thing. I don't know if it's the last thing I want to do, but this is the culmination of everything I've done. And the long game is to surround yourself with people, clients, uh, and, and the like, you know, employees and clients that you like to be around. The truth is people want to work with people they like. Hmm. So if you, if you believe in that, uh, and, and share those principles, then you treat people well. And if you're treated well, then you become long-term partners. And, you know, we've had clients like Robinhood Foundation for four years, going on five years. Um, you know, we have other uh, clients that are, that are long-term clients, and it's a result of the relationships that we built. So I think that to, to think of it any less than a long game is doing company the service. Well, yeah, I decided to expand your, your clients list here. I'm doing some screen sharing again for the video watchers, but you guys have worked with a lot. I mean, obviously, Robinhood Foundation. I, I have a lot of friends in New York and surrounding area, and I, I, I'm, I'm familiar with them. So Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, I, I love the fact that and I, I truly believe if I was designing companies for people, the sooner you can get aligned with, a, with some 501c3 initiatives, I, I think the more powerful your organization and company can grow. Uh, did you guys realize that early on or was that something real, you know, coming, coming across later as you've grown? Uh, I think we came across later. We, um, Robin was actually referred to me by a college friend of mine oh. who, uh, who I had, uh, I, I co-owned an art gallery in Buffalo and this person was an artist in the, in the program, uh, in Buffalo that I shared. So we, uh, they're mutual friends and she moved to New York and I moved to New York and, uh, so she passed on this connection to us, uh, and that was the, sort of the first uh, pretty large step into uh, not-for-profits that we uh, got involved in. But, um, you know, in general, I think the industries that have exposed themselves are ones that are just maybe native to New York. We do a lot of work in, uh, in fashion, in finance, uh, in, in not-for-profits. Uh, cannabis is the latest uh, growing vertical. Uh, we, oh, definitely. <laughs> we got in early with this company called Double Barrel, and um, we built a, a really killer site for them, designed their digital brand. Oh, that's uh, what Double Barrel was? I mean, their logo had like a gun on it, so I just didn't realize. I know, it's, it's sensitive. <laughs> I mean, it's a, good, it's a good brand fit for us. but. <laughs> well, I, I, some people find it sensitive. Um, like, I'm not some kind of crazy gun nut enthusiast, but I do respect our laws and what we do and yeah i actually yeah. have a, a carry permit and i don't even own a gun <laughs> i just wanted to have the right to have it and i just been too busy that I, i'm usually on a mountain bike or going skiing oh, and I'll, I'll, I'll go to a target practicing area you know and and shoot with friends who own them i just still to this day i've not gone around to buying a gun since i was a kid so oh, interesting, interesting. <laughs> but it's funny how they chose that as their branding that's interesting but that's they're actually yeah. a full cannabis business huh. they had some photo, yeah well they they produce a uh, a double chamber oil um, cartridge vape pen and a lot of the original photos had like models with the thing in their mouth and yeah that's a little <laughs> we're like 
you know what? Maybe you should maybe you should hold up on that. So was that your advice? <laughs> well, I think they kind of saw it and they were like, "Yeah, no, we're not." So this one, this one won a bunch of awards, and so we got some recognition there. And as a result, we're doing work now that's we haven't launched uh, or announced yet, but it's with some of the largest cannabis um, groups in the country. Wow. Well, and sometimes that's all it takes. I think that's great because, yeah. Again, you say you hinted at it earlier. I, 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 I don't like to skip over ideas. I keep them in my head when you say them. So, uh, obviously, the playing a long game, right? Yeah. Everybody wants the short win and the big money up front. Well, if anybody has just a little bit of time, you might want to study the cannabis industry. It's not going away. And I no, just got back from Canada. The entire country made it legal, right? Re recreationally. Um, yeah. I mean, the state of Pennsylvania where I live now, they've already passed medical. So now we can go out and get a medical card. Um, so it's interesting. In New Jersey, New York, right? So it's like- You can get a medical card in New Jersey and New York now yeah. too. Uh, so. our, our forecast is that uh, our prediction <laughs> which isn't based on no knowledge is that we're going to have recreational use in New York soon. Mm -hmm. It'd be this year. I, and I support it. When, when things are done right, I used to live in Colorado uh, after my years of, of firefighting. I lived in Arizona. Uh, California really, I, th I think really got the biggest ball going years ago, but then Colorado really showed how to launch it much better. And, and I mean, I remember the first year or two, they had their school system costs for the state like paid for for the next like four or five yeah. years, thanks to yeah. proper taxation and, and, and how they're managing the system. I'm like, it was amazing. I was blown away. Yeah. I mean, if I had had, you know, here's another sort of dimension to uh, my history with cancer is as a result of uh, the treatment that I went through, I have some, had some pretty serious neuropathy, which is, uh, if you're not familiar with it, it's nerve damage at your extremities. It's mm -hmm. incredibly painful. And uh, the only solution, well, there's a couple of solutions for it, but they're not really perfect. Um, long and short of it is that as a result of the surgery and that I ended up getting very quickly addicted to uh, opioids, like within weeks, two yeah. weeks. And so I have a really close experience with that. And it's very scary and, uh, it was effective, but it's incredibly addictive. And I can see how it's such a huge epidemic because you can't, you don't have access to other stuff. I'm a huge supporter of what you're educating us on right now from a healthy lifestyle perspective, because right before I, I left for our wedding, you know, in January, I accidentally caused a spontaneous pneumothorax, which is a collapse of my lung. So, yeah. oops. Uh, <laughs> and and obviously, it's the medical healthcare system. Automatically, they already had like as soon as soon as I left the ER that night, and they had the chest tube in me, and I got admitted to a room. My very first nurse like gave me the full update, and she's like, "Okay, well, you're already been approved for blah 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 blah." Like, and for example, oxy. Like, I was already approved yep. for oxy. I'm like, what? Like. Okay, granted, you did just jam a big plastic tube into my chest, so clearly I'm not comfortable. Um, right, but right. But you haven't even done surgery yet, and you are already offering me an addictive opioid drug that's very at the highest level. Incredibly addictive. <laughs> I, was like, I mean, very yeah. effective. But, oh my god, is it addictive? It's very scary. Yeah. I also uh, herniated a disc in my neck, uh, maybe from running or something uh, a few years after surgery. And the only thing that solved that was oxys again. And again, instantly addicted. And I got so scared. I just, I go, well, I'm going to deal with the pain. I can't deal with this. Yeah. I, and, and you know what? More power to you, my friend. Well done because I've had this shoulder rebuilt twice. One, one in 99 and again in 2007. Uh, this is beyond rotator cuff. And, and the very first time they gave me Percocets. And yeah. then the second time, eight years later, uh, 
it's not Percocet and then it's not Oxy. It was the one, I think Vi- Vicodin. Vicodin, yeah. All this stuff. I mean, literally the first time he gave it to me, because I've never done a hard drug in my life unless I was in a hospital. <laughs> so yeah, and right. the very first time they gave me like, okay, you need to take this for at least the next two weeks to give you this huge prescription. And I'm like, what? Like, I thought I'm supposed to be going off of this stuff. Yeah. And yeah. Scary. The, I, the perks freaked me out. Like I was tripping man like I, i've heard I, that before. <laughs> i've heard that for sure i haven't i haven't personally experienced that but people have said that they've had crazy dreams of this yeah well you, you are literally a, a, affecting your neurology i mean you're yeah. inhibiting its normal responses i mean they so i finally after the surgery actually thanks to my nurse's friend she's like listen my nurse is actually my friend who married us i had i got her internationally ordained i spent years ski racing coaching with her she's a very high-end nurse and she came to visit me at the hospital and she's like, Scott, could you please take a pain reliever? I know you're Mr. <laughs> Tough Guy, you know, but she's like, you got to take something. And I'm like, oh, God, do I have to? And she told me about this stuff. It's like so barely entry level into that world. It's called a tramadol. And she's like, Scott, it's just, you know, it's better than Tylenol, hospital grade Tylenol. But she's like, right. it's, trust me. She's like, you got to sleep. You have, your body needs to recover. You're a health and fitness nut. You know this. So I said, okay, I'll take that. And then uh, after the surgery, they maybe take some type of uh, nerve suppressant because they had just done all this stuff inside of my chest wall that all the pain was emanating outward. And it like this whole chest wall was like uh, my whole pectoral area was sensitive to the touch. It was very uncomfortable. I bet it was, I bet it was similar to the thing I was taking for the uh, neuropathy. You had to take it for a few days to build up a yep. tolerance system. Yeah. yeah, and then it helped with that. Like I had oh. to. It's funny because it's the same thing. Like literally, the two drugs I was taking are the same ones we put our dog on when we saved him from cancer on Thanksgiving. So oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> I was like, my fiance is a horse vet doctor, and she's or, sorry, wife. Wife. <laughs> and uh, I gotta get used to that. And she was. I was like, wait a minute. I get my scripts, and then I walked into the kitchen to look at his meds. I'm like, they're giving me the same stuff our dogs are. She's like, yeah, you probably don't even have to really get a script. I've got, I've got plenty of it in the house. Just take it from the dog. <laughs> so just, I was like, this is great. Uh, you know, I, she, she's, she's marrying a gimp and, and our best friend's a gimp. So like, I'm like, right. <laughs> right. I figured you'd appreciate that. But obviously, yeah. you know, he had, obviously he had, we took off his, one of his legs to save him from cancer. So wow. he, so he had to deal with some of that nerve pain and everything else. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't, I can't believe uh, can't believe I forgot what the name of it was. I'm actually glad that I forgot. Someone uh, reminded me the other day. They said uh, your your anniversary just came by. What did you do to celebrate? And I said I forgot about it. That's what I did. Okay. Not on my mind. I don't live by it anymore. I don't identify with it. It's just something in my past. So. That's a great life lesson. That's good for the listeners because I'm usually reminding myself, like I'm always trying to coach people unofficially, you know, to move forward. Right? Don't live in the past. Right? It's like listen, whatever happened today, learn from it, move on. But we're all guilty of it. We can easily dwell on something. And- yeah, I've taken the lessons. I've incorporated it into how you know what the principles of my life. I don't really watch a lot of TV. I don't waste a lot of time. I just don't have time to waste. If I'm my daughter's home, I'm present with her. That's awesome. Yeah. How would you? That's so how old is she now? Then she's six now. Yeah, six years. Yeah. So yeah, she's fantastic. And that's that's. I mean, I, we we my wife and I do not want to have kids, right? So I, I, I highly respect people who choose to make that commitment. Um, we've committed to a different lifestyle choice. We're, we're going to be the cool aunts and uncles. Cause like we can still, yeah. ha- we can still hang out when the kids are cool. And then when they get really annoying, I just hand them back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You go take them. You do. Yeah. Yeah. So, I totally, I totally get you. I don't, I'm not blaming you at all. No, no. 
Uh, but, but again, I mean, the cool thing is like you could at least transfer those lessons into your business and your employees, right? Because I think so many companies, uh, if I was a, if I was a forward thinking company, I would look to partner with companies like you, right? If I was outsourcing something I needed, digital design, graphic design, doesn't matter. It's not just the reputation. It is do the, uh, the lifestyle components for me align because I want to know that the people working on my project or my brand are not being like driven into the, you know, into the ditch, getting overworked and it's overly controlled by a company that doesn't care about their healthy lifestyles. Is this something you've ever talked about with your team? Absolutely. Yeah. We have uh, weekly retrospectives of the whole company. We go around the room, have a big lunch, um, talk about what things call it a compliment sandwich, what things went well for you, uh, what things either for you or the company can be improved on. And then, uh, another, another positive thing, like what, what went well with the company. And, and um, how, so how does that go over? I mean, obviously it's great. I mean, it's great. It's one of those things that I, that I incorporated because I saw other companies not doing it. I saw this lack of communication. So we have that as a structure where everybody can kind of, nobody does. Sometimes people air their grievances, but you know, or say, bring things to light, like, Hey, this thing's going on. You might not have noticed it. So it's an area where we can have this public forum. We also have a monthly individual one-on-one -on -one private check-in. So I have that conversation with everybody just to understand you know, it's, it's unscripted. It's, there's no to-do list or goal. It's just like, how's it going? I want to know who you are. Like, what are you, what are you doing with your life? What's interesting? How's the work going? Uh, how's your career? Is this, you know, how's the project that you're on going? Like, would you like to learn new stuff? Like, how can we help that out? We had, um, we've got people that go into other fields and start to, you know, learn about you know, motion and animation or typography or, you know, our art director joined the uh, art director's club and, um, and he, he actually produces artwork and has it shown in places all around the city. So that's cool. Yeah. I mean, everyone's got their own life yeah. to live. Uh, some people don't work full, like five, five days a week. They work four days a week, maybe 10 hours a day, or maybe four days a week, eight hours a day, because that's just the life that they wanted to. So they said, you know, can, can I do this? And I go, look, for 10 people, we can do whatever we want. So let's just do what we want, right? Like, let's think about how the, how we want to live our lives. If you can afford to live four days a week, great, do it. I'll support it. And then we'll build a business around that. Well, especially if the, if you can prove your performance, right? Because I, yeah. my, my corporate days, I, I was a initially just, a, you know, a lowly little, you know, front end, you know, call center representative with the T-Mobile Corporation. Actually, I was a part of two companies through the acquisition that eventually became T-Mobile. So I, I went through all of that. So, and I, I worked my way up in that company from nothing. So I was like, you know, guy answering phones to uh, leading trainings to eventually coaching and developing teams to then being an analyst that helped design improved methods and procedures that affected the whole organization. Right. And the, the biggest thing from that was I, people, when I was a coach, cause basically that was your, uh, they got rid of management titles and they made us coaches. So, the biggest thing I remember was people thought I was a slacker because my extra work time kept reducing while I would leave at the end of my day, my team is gone and my other fellow coaches are like hidden in the back conference room, working on whatever employee reports or reviews or whatever else. And from time to time I had to do that, but nowhere near like everybody else. I'm like, I was like, guys, I'm not a slacker. I've developed an efficiency, you know? And I was like, just because you, you brag that you work 60 hours a week, that's not a brag. I mean. No, it makes the other people who can't feel bad. Yeah. 
right? Like people have a family they want to go back home to. They can't work 60 hours a week. They shouldn't shouldn't. have. You shouldn't. There was was times where I I would do 30 hours a week, but I crushed out like 50 hours worth of work because I was just that productive. So people people who tie, I guess... Working success to quantity of hours, I'm, I'm against it. It's like, no, there's quality versus quantity. And right. Is that part right. of what you guys look at too? Absolutely. We have uh, very specific ways of tracking uh, progress on development projects. We use a, I could go and get really nerdy on this, maybe I will in a minute, but we use a system to track basically um, hours efficiency. We call it a velocity. It tracks the delta of what you estimated your time would take versus what it would actually take. We find that this value is very consistent for everybody individually because it represents how you see yourself in the world. You're either optimistic or pessimistic about your ability. So if you say, I could do 80 hours of work and you you can't, right? And then it shows because you estimated this, but you actually delivered this. Hmm. Say, well, your velocity is one to two, or 1.25 or one to one. It's usually never one. You're never perfect at estimating. But we use that to be able to track at least development progress very uh, I like uh, that. I mean, especially if you have, if you have something just it just takes them longer to get stuff done, but then the quality of work is there. Then great, they're, that's going to be your forty plus hour work person probably. And if, yeah. they're, if they're healthy and they've figured out to make their lifestyle work, then great. Well, we also do uh, I think really interesting things. We get out of the way. We started off having no meetings. We just said, you know what, we're not doing meetings. There's a bane of everyone's existence. Like if you ask anyone, why don't you get anything done? It's because of meetings, right? So just True. kill it, kill, kill the meetings. So we did that for a very short period of time. And then everybody said, you know what, actually like maybe we should have at least one meeting. <laughs> so, so we know what we're doing, what's going on. So they started to understand the value of why we have a meeting. And so from that process evolved our one single daily stand-up meeting. And we talk about three questions. What did you do yesterday? What are you doing today? And is there anything preventing you from doing that? We have a bunch of tools like Forecast and Harvest to track where we expect you to go. And we plot that against our project estimates. And you know, we understand our internal costs. So we know our ROI that gets produced back up through reporting and harvest. So everybody's got clear direction on what to do. Management, which is basically our producer, Gary, knows exactly where everybody is at any given point, how far along they are in the process, if they're blocked at all. We use Google Docs and spreadsheets to communicate with each other. It's super efficient. Uh, and hands off. And so for the rest of the day, you you can trust that no one's going to bother you. We've got a headphones rule in the office. So if you got headphones on, don't talk to that person. And oh. especially don't go shake them on the shoulder. You'll, <laughs> you'll get kicked out of the office. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm not a fan of that. They'll be grabbing me and shaking me around. Right. So, but, but also mm-hmm. like, also they could be in a state of flow state. I mean, I, I that's I, the goal is to get into flow state. It takes hours to get into flow state sometimes. And then even just the thought that you could get broken out of it will prevent you from reaching posting. Yeah. So and, time and is so protected. I love the fact you actually get it because there's a lot of people I, I explain flow state is, is obviously different for everybody, right? Like I, I mentally and physically flow differently if I'm doing CrossFit versus mountain biking versus road cycling versus uh, doing a trail hike or, you know, or skiing, right? It's it, there's right. similarities, but each sport takes me to a different mental place and there's a different way that I get into that flow. And, uh, like on a road bike, I might be barely talking unless I'm in a group of people and, and somebody wants to talk, then I'm, I have to talk. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, when, yeah. You're, when you're mountain biking, I'm usually, if we're hitting it hard, man, we're ripping it. But then as soon as you hit to a trailhead or something like that, it gives you a chance to stop. You chat real quick and you keep, and then I'm usually the one that gets everybody to keep going. I'm the go, go, go guy because I'm already in my flow right. state. And 
a few newbies might not understand that. And that totally applies into the business segment as well because, yeah, man, it takes a little while to figure that out. And when, once people get better at it and they realize what their flow state feels like, um, they start remembering, okay, what did I do to get to that place? And you start finding a way to get there. Sometimes it's meditation or whatever it may be, but then boom, man, when you're yep. in it, when you're I in the zone. <laughs> for sure. That's one thing I found that help, is very helpful is to meditate. Yeah. Yeah. So, so boy, just to get into your work zone? In the mornings, I'll meditate just to like clear my head. I, I get a little notepad. I'll write down, not every day, but you know, the days that I'm able to, if I don't wake up late or whatever, uh, I'll meditate and that helps me put down my thoughts and uh, gets me started throughout the day. So Interesting. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't added meditation for the work factor, but I do believe in the noting thing. Uh, depending, You're right though. It's not every day. Some people are like, oh, you don't do it every day. I'm like, no, it depends where I'm at. Uh, but sure. I, I, sometimes I'll you do a brain dump. Up. Yeah, I'll do a brain dump right here on my dry erase board. Um, at the end, like maybe tonight I have all, cause I just got back from a wedding and a trip. Like I'm going to probably do a brain dump tonight and a brain dump tomorrow morning because I haven't done a lot of work related stuff. And, um, and friends of mine has had this, uh, this new startup company idea that I helped them buy the domain for while we were away on the wedding. And I'm like, okay, well I want to do some research for these guys. So I've already got ideas, but I've been focusing on my work right now. And then, okay, tonight, tomorrow morning, let's dump some new ideas out. And that clears my head, you know, like, great. I can move on to something else. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely, absolutely love it. I've got uh, a diary that I've been using, well, a diary, but a planner I've been using. Same one, 10 years, same system. Nice. And, and that's, it creates a backlog. You can go, have you ever gone back over those notes? Always go back, yeah. yeah. I actually, always, so the way my system works is I've got check boxes. I either check it off or I arrow that meaning that I've moved it forward. Oh. So if I ever have an unchecked or unarrowed box, or well, maybe I'll exit out if it was canceled or whatever. I know there's still something remaining, so Dude, it's a bulletproof system. You just gave me something because I use arrows now and check marks too, but I've not put them in my journal. Uh, Sometimes I'll go like see notes from like 224. Yeah. I have 224 with a list of notes, just bullet points. I'm digging it. I'm liking uh, it. Well, since uh, we're sharing hacks and we're coming towards the end of the show, I got one for you. You said sure. your office, people wear a lot of headphones, right? They do wear headphones, yeah. Well, actually, Gary sometimes plays music. He's kind of a music master. And uh, Karen actually runs a weekend radio show. <laughs> so. Nice. Okay. So uh, you're reading a book on paleo, you said earlier as well, right? I'm starting to get a little more, yeah, okay. well-versed in my diet. I'm not far into it. So I'm, I'm, I'm the crazy keto guy too. So, yeah. but I love the hacks, right? And ways to yeah. improve ourselves, even down to the cellular level. So normally, like you tonight, and the people listening don't see this. This is the first podcast that I have not recorded with my audio technica i call them clamshell headset yeah because everybody is led to believe especially with your iphones that if you wear headphones uh you are removing the emf frequency influence on your body especially your brain right if you if you instead of holding your phone up to your ear they say keep your phone away right oh so i see yeah yeah, yeah. So that, but the people are like oh well, i'm using bluetooth well that's bs you still have electronics right it's still frequencies so these are air tube headphones. So the speaker is actually here in this uh, huh. sphere. This electrical wire ends here. This is projecting the sound through just an air tube up into my ears, into a traditional headphones. That's crazy. And this set actually has a built-in microphone for my phone calls too. So I tested it over my whole wedding trip uh, for phone calls and everything. And the one I'm actually using right now is called, uh, it's actually, the company's called Defender Shield. 
and they make a lot of uh, biohacking stuff, uh, not just this, but also special cases for your tablets and your phones and even your laptops. So when you have them sitting on your skin and stuff like that, the whole point is you're, you're blocking a lot of these excess frequencies because they do damage the, the cellular health. So, sure. uh, so this is the first time. So I thought I'd share that with you because if you think about it, you're, if you're hardwired, you're just sending, it's obviously less than holding your phone up against your ear, but you're just sending current at the smallest level still and on each side of your brain. So you're just like bombarding yourself. <laughs> See, I would ask now, I'll take it a st step further with the sort of hardware nerdery. All right, uh, we're geeking. <laughs> right, Tr use this aura ring. Yes, I'm jealous of you now. Uh, <laughs> track whether those headphones uh, get you into deep sleep better. See, and that's see that's why normally tonight, and actually I've been slacking because I just realized that I'm unpacking. I'm also the uh, the blue blockers guy. So yeah, there you go. There you go. Boom. Yeah, I've so, got. I think I got my red shift on the, the yeah. screen here. I've got the red shift, but you know what? As I'm talking to you, I literally have four pairs of blue blockers sitting here, and I t I totally forgot to put them on because. I've not been on, in front of a computer for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, I envy that. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, so normally if I'm doing like them tonight, uh, now now I have two phases. I have this and I have the headphones and the Aura Ring is on my shopping list. I've been researching it actually on the plane yesterday when I was flying home. So, because uh, two of my buddies already have it and now you're the third. Yeah. And yep. I'm feeling a little tech jealousy. <laughs> uh, I was wearing the Misfit Shine for... I don't know, three or four years, a very thin band and I would wear that to sleep and mm -hmm. I wanted to track my sleep, but this thing gives you way better data. Yeah. I, I've never done the sleep data, but you know, I, I take my magnesium before I go to bed. I got the blue blockers. Uh, I stay away from television screens. I have the red filters for the monitors at night. So, mm -hmm. but I've never actually monitored the data. So you've just given me more reason to go back onto the website and do some poking around on Aura. So. <laughs> yeah, so you just, it's like the engineer's credo, just change one variable at a time. You know, mm -hmm. stop drinking coffee one day, or at least like don't drink it after 10 a.m. See how that affects your sleep. I'm a big coffee nut, but I've done a lot of hacking on that too. And so interestingly enough, I had my DNA analyzed uh, from 23andMe, but I sent it to a, a geneticist that I've had on the show, Dr. Anthony J. And he confirmed that I actually have the DNA markers that I can actually process caffeine twice, oh, as, twice, twice as fast as most human beings. <laughs> maybe, I'll, maybe I'll do that. I'll bet you, it sounds like you probably listen to Kevin Rose. Yeah. And uh, uh, who else? I mean, I mean, I used to listen to, obviously, uh, Dave Asprey a lot from Bulletproof, but he self-promotes so much of his stuff now, it just drives me crazy. Um, I, I like I'm, the more pure stuff. Um, I want to I be able to drink coffee at night. Well, no, I don't drink it at night. Just because I can process caffeine more doesn't mean I do that. I still have a rule. I don't drink. Uh, I, well, I've pushed it. I've tested it. I'm still fine up until 5 p.m. I used to never do it before 2. Wow. And then as soon as he told me that, I'm like, oh, I'm going to test it a little bit later. Uh, but I'm like, why am I drinking coffee after 5 o'clock? I don't know why I need that. And that, so I, I won't do that. Yeah. So my cutoff yeah. is 5 o'clock right now. But usually I'm done by 2 p.m. I don't really need it after that. I'm good to go all day. So I've been sticking with a cup of coffee in the morning and then I also switched to uh, alkaline water. Ah, so yeah, there you go. See, see if that, I'm trying to hack everything. I'm, uh, I'm going to be going with the, uh, cause actually Dr. Anthony J, uh, he, sh he showed me his system. He's got the whole reverse osmosis uh, on his water supply, but then he's got a remineralization tank then. So after it goes through reverse osmosis, then he's putting the minerals back in. So I was like, Ooh, interesting. I'm, I think I'm very sensitive to water and this, this water is, uh, Unbelievably good. It's just better than any other water. Well, the and New York City water is good water. 
the biggest hack for you is is the literally at the cellular level is the mitochondria within your cell. Those are the power plants and yep. water, salt, uh, everything is affected by magnetism. So anything. Long, long story short, that's I mean I'm 41 years old, and I was in Canada. I was in Canada on a skiing trip, and the one woman driving us uh, ended up. We'll just say connecting with one of my buddies on the trip. Uh, but she, she's a hardcore skier. She came skiing with us a couple of days after the, after the, the backcountry snowcat skiing uh, day. And she was just like, at the end of the trip, I, I, he came back to the house and he's like, hey, man, we're hanging out in the hot tub. And he's like, dude, he's like, um, she thought you guys were all in your late 20s because of just how we hung out, how we socialized. And she, she actually said, I thought I was, she thought I was 29. And I'm like, I'm 41 years old, dude. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> thanks yeah i need to i need to watch my mitochondria again yeah um well check out uh, dr jack cruz by the way so he he was the most viral oh. podcast that i ever aired god back on episode 51 and then just because he did so well and i wanted newer listeners to find him i re-aired his show before i left for the wedding because uh it's dr jack cruz with a k but that guy is just he's a neurologist and neurosurgeon genius with a crazy following um, but instead of biohackers, he calls his file, his followers mitohackers for the mitochondria component. So I'll definitely check that out. Yeah. His whole stigma. Actually, I re-aired him on episode 255 and I'll warn you, he is highly intelligent and, uh, I'm hoping in the past two years, he's, he's, uh, smoothed out his approach. So more people can actually understand a lot of the level he takes it to <laughs> a little scientific. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he used to speak at the paleo FX conferences out West and everything else. And then he just took it to a whole different level. And, um, it's pretty amazing stuff that he's teaching people. And it's, it's, it's definitely right up your alley. So, um, sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, listen, I, I want to give you your evening back to you. We, we've, we're going a little bit over our time. I want to respect your clock. So, uh, Obviously, we hinted at it before we started the show, but I'd love to give my co-host the final words. And you've shared so much today, not just about, uh, I truly, I'm going to sum it up as like entrepreneurial uh, success tips and how to build a, a thriving company that actually cares about healthy lifestyle balance. Your amazing story of surviving cancer. I mean, you being a super dad. Uh, I mean, some final little biohacking tips here. Uh, unofficial plugs for that ring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? I should like, call these guys. I mean, uh, and I'm excited for the new website coming out, but I mean, you know, what are some final words you want to leave behind the audience, man? Something that that's behind you, your brand. Um, you know, I don't know if this is uh, part of the brand, but, uh, I don't, I also don't know how you define success. If success is a big company for you, not you personally, but if, you know, how, how are people approaching their life? Like, what do they want to get out of it? What I'm trying to do is just to be happy with the decisions that I make. And, and I think that's an important um, set of principles to, to live by. So, you know, if you understand yourself and you understand the things that make you happy and what you, what you really want out of it. And for me, that's surrounding myself with, uh, people who produce great work. I absolutely love what I do. I think that's also very important to know. Uh, it doesn't feel like sometimes it does feel like work, right? But that's like the old cliche. If it doesn't feel like work, if you like doing what you do, then you never work a day. It's not totally true. Things get very difficult. There are hard days. But if you find something that you're absolutely passionate about, it'll drive you through that. It'll carry you through those hard times. So, you know, find something that you love doing and be passionate about it. And it's not easy to do. I mean, it took me a long time to uh, to be able to do this. Um, so I would, I would say that it's worth it in the end. Oh, great words, man. I love it. And, and yes, it's true. I mean, you kind of hinted at it a couple times in the show. You, you put 20 years into the hustle. So uh, I think that's a great reminder since part of our influence in this 
podcast is actually not just the Gen Xers, right, but also the the next gens, like the millennials and the Zs coming up, and everybody wants everything now, and you can't rush the process because there's so many mistakes you have to make and so many things that we need to learn from. And you can't cram that all into one or two years. It's going to take so, some time. So many hustle stories, so many, uh, I mean, hilarious hustle stories that I just don't think people get how hard it is and what people put themselves through to get where they get. And, and then they get there and they go, Oh, you do, you know, you're, you're so fortunate. And it's like, I, I haven't slept for 20 years. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, let me take a break now, you know? <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, listen, hang tight. I want to give you probably a goodbye off the air. Ladies and gentlemen, again, I don't know what else to say. I love his brand. I'm going to do some screen share again for the final viewers here. Again, it's A-T-T-C-K.com. Uh, check him out. Check out all the works that they've done. Uh, it's not just obviously what they have on the, on the homepage here. Uh, make sure you actually click on see all the work. You can see all the clients. Like I said, they've done some big stuff for America Express, Calvin Klein, United Nations. And clearly you got that hustle as he just hinted at. It takes a few years to get to that point and you got to put in the hustle uh, to land amazing opportunities to work with amazing brands like this. So uh, again, thank you for the final words, uh, Dennis. And ladies and gentlemen, remember, we're here to fuel your health, your business, your lifestyle. Okay, so remember that, balance that, and we'll talk to you guys again soon. And make sure you check out attck.com. Thanks, gang. Thank you for subscribing to Live the Fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Live the Fuel. And remember, you too can live the fuel. So please visit us at livethefuel.com.